0: This is Chad Russell, co-host of Solid Steps Radio. We are doing a bonus segment, which we do from time to time. Uh, when we have too much to say and not enough time to say it, we like to do a <laughs> bonus segment do some more time of just talking and not having to worry so much about a structure of commercials and anything else. So we're talking today with Jeff McDonald and Michael Cast, and we just had a show recently. Uh, we just taped a show about losing a child, and uh, we wanted to share a little bit more of what Uh, was was, what we shared. And and I asked this question, uh, Kurt, is that okay? Yeah, just
1: just ask it, man. I just
0: asked it a few minutes ago. I said, how did you see God move in a way that you would have not seen him move had you not gone through this horrible experience? Was there anything that happened? You say, man, that's just God showing up in such a way that in a time that only he could show.
2: I would say one of the things for me is um, my brother lived in Albuquerque and we did not have what I would call a close relationship. And uh, he made the drive all the way from Albuquerque to Louisville um, to uh-huh. be here. Mm. And uh, it really, um, I'd like to say reminded me, but uh, I hadn't even thought about it. Our relationship was really important and it strengthened that relationship. Um, uh-huh. I would say the second thing is, um, uh, Jill and I, our goal when we thought about having kids was we want to successfully hand out the spiritual baton of faith to our kids. We want our kids to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. And uh, at some point in that time, Jill looked at me and said, that's our goal and she just said, mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't do anything, but uh, she went straight from uh, her mom's belly uh, to the Savior's arms, and that's that was our goal, and so that was one huge piece of comfort.
3: You know, wow. and, and I don't know, Kurt, if you remember this, but um, we were standing out by the pool, and, and I brought up that same thing about um, wanting my kids to follow Christ, and and, and you said, well, you're one for one. Uh, and you probably don't even remember I that. I do
1: not remember that. But, I, uh, that's
0: the Holy Spirit,
3: <laughs> right? I mean, that's one of those things that,
0: hmm.
3: But go, going back um, to Chad's, Chad's question, um, you know, there were, there were so many things that, that Debbie and I saw um, in the immediate aftermath of Sammy's death. Um that can only be explained by god um I believe it was the the second day after Sammy died uh i don't think I'd slept at all, maybe maybe two hours um and uh i I was in my closet getting dressed, and you know it it was not a voice probably that that anybody else heard or could hear, but in a in a very audible voice to me uh, it, he did not announce himself but i know that it was jesus and he simply said to me jeff you can quit worrying sammy is with me mm. and um you know i for me that was the turning point uh, i i don't know that um I must have been too weak spiritually or anything else. He had to step right in on day two and and solidify things. Um, mm. But some of the other strange things that happened, uh, uh, Debbie said specifically she wanted Sammy buried at Cave Hill. And I, um, I went down there with some friends, and I looked at one place, and I said, this is perfect. And he said, uh, there's no lots available there. And um, we went and drove around the cemetery and probably looked at, at six other sections and ended up back at the same first section. And I went to the same area and I said, you know, this would, this would just be perfect for Debbie. Uh, this, this is what she wants. And I kid you not, there were four lots that you could build a monument on right in the same place that I had stood before and he said there were no lots. Um on our on our mm. on our way from the funeral, um, you know, you did her service, Kurt, and uh we were we were riding in the limo, there were probably four hundred and fifty cars in the procession. And um my mom and uh Debbie's mom and our family were, you know, Jacob, Becca and myself and Debbie were in the whatever the big limo is, and from the moment that we pulled out of uh, southeast parking lot, we saw in the sky a rainbow. Mm. Now, if you recall, it was sunny that day, Mm -hmm. and a rainbow followed us all the way to Cave Hill Cemetery. And uh, when we got there, we asked everybody if they'd seen the rainbow. There wasn't another single person in that huge procession that saw the rainbow. And uh, uh, just to to kind of bring it full circle, probably, I think, three years later, we were driving to Yellowstone National Park. And uh, Beck is going through one of those uh, National Geographic kids' magazines. Mm -hmm. And there is such a phenomena of if the sun is hitting cirrus clouds just the right way it will create a rainbow and um, as we went on later in that trip we saw another one in Iowa uh,
1: on a perfectly sunny day you know God uh, God gives us little surprises that are sometimes we can explain it scientifically sometimes we can't but if God can create the world out of nothing um, I love what Bob Russell used to say. You know, if you can believe the first uh, first uh, verses, first chapter in you know in, in the book of Genesis, um, all the other stuff is a pretty pretty simple piece of cake for him. Are you going to say something, to Michael?
2: No, I, I just totally agree, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. He concurs. <laughs> I was I was actually going to I was actually going to go kind of a different direction in that. Not all the time do people choose to lean into God. Um, at times, they are so badly hurt that uh, they choose a, a different path. Um, and uh, you know, we, as we work with couples, um, everybody asks the same question: Why? Why would this happen? You know, this. You know, we know it could happen, but why to us? You know, we are a loving family. You know, or we want to have children, and 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 it's it's these questions are, are pretty pretty normal and then but sometimes it doesn't stop there sometimes they ask another question what i think is totally normal is like god where were you where were you when my child died you know where if you're everywhere why wouldn't you save this child take me I, you know i'm just take me i would gladly exchange my place for you but where were where for my child but where were you and, mm-hmm. and they ask those questions and if they can't make that turn then then they'll then they even will go deeper and they'll say god are you even there or do you care or god do you even exist And so while, while we had the great experience of leaning into God, a lot of people lean away. And fall away. Yes.
1: Because it's, it doesn't make sense. And the mysteriousness of God is, is mysterious. And we, you know, we, we want answers. We want to know, and we want to, we want to have the, the logically it's spelled out for us.
2: It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel fair.
3: Well, then look at Job. (laughs) Job wanted some explanations, and uh, God answered him with a few questions of his own. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean,
1: he he let Job ramble and his buddies and go back and forth for all those chapters, but at the end of the book of Job... He says, "Okay, now brace yourself like a man."
2: I love that scripture because, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if another guy says that, you're like, "Okay," but if God says it, I'm like, "Oh." Uh oh, look
1: out! (laughs) Um, Yeah, brace yourself like a man, like a man. I will now question you. Mm -hmm. You've pounded me with questions. Now I will question you. Yeah. Now uh, I'm gonna
0: throw this in there. It's not wrong to have these questions. Nope. No. And if you don't have these questions, it's almost as you're kind of muting yourself and saying, hey, I shouldn't have these questions. I mean, I think it's healthy to ask those questions. Did God did God answer those questions for you all in a way that only he could?
2: The, the picture that I get was from the scripture of um, where God upholds us with his right hand. And every time that God has his right hand, it's, a, it's power and protection. And God has huge shoulders. So throw everything on him. He can take it. You know, just don't turn your back on him and walk away. Yeah.
3: Well, I think, you know, even if you turned your back on him and walked away, if, if you become humble at, at another point and turn back to him, I mean, really, that's what happened to you,
1: Michael.
2: Yes. Yeah, you're right. It's a prodigal son story. I mean, you know, it's, it's um, if, he, if we walk away, he's there. He's sitting on the front porch waiting for our return.
1: Longing for our yeah. return, looking for our return.
2: The only time in the Bible we get a picture of God running, is towards one of his children coming back home. What a great picture.
1: Hmm. And, that, and, and so even in the midst of uh, deep pain and loss and sorrow, um, if, if, we, if guys do fall away, he's still waiting. He still longs for us to turn and come back to him.
3: You know, one other thing I'd point out is, is you know, we, we, we often say, why? Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to Michael? Why, why, why? Um, And a lot of times, God's gonna not give you any answer. You're not gonna get an answer. But I think a lot of times it's because we're not looking for the answer to that question. If you look, the answer's there. You know, Sammy had to die in order for us to, for Debbie and I, to be there for another couple. Who lost a child? Uh, for Michael and Jill, they had to have their children stillborn, so that they could be there for other people to counsel them and to help them through their tragedy. Um, you know, our monument down at uh, down at Cave Hill. I've probably heard ten or fifteen stories of people who did not know. Jesus Christ, hmm. who are now members of a church uh, thriving, uh, So Sammy had to die in order for those 10 or 15 people to come to Christ. And that the, the answer's there. We just
1: don't open up our ears. Well, and we forget there's, you know, there's a couple things. I mean, Jesus had to die. Jesus not only had to die, but Jesus had to suffer
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, 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 and go through horrendous pain. Why? Because the, for the payment of our sin. But we, we, we soon forget that also the Bible says we are citizens of heaven. This is not our home. And we, we, we live so deeply that this is our place. Uh, this is our permanent home. This is not our permanent home. We're citizens of heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there. And that's our citizenship. And, um, but how, how, in the midst of this, guys, um, talk with us um, about how did you keep the heavenly perspective? I mean Michael at first you you lost it yeah. and then you got it back but how do you, how do you keep that in the midst of this grief journey
2: I think your your eyes are open to the suffering around you and the suffering in the world that before the television would be on in the background you never heard or cared because it was somewhere else and when when you when your spirit is just opened up and so wounded and so raw you are more aware of the hurt that's going on and then you realize this is not our home this is an imperfect world I love this place I want to live as long as I can I mean I'm trying everything I can to be here as long as I can to see my kids and if God blesses us with grandkids someday um, but also this is not the final destination it's it's not um, what we' were, it's not our destination it's not what we were created for we were not created for this world our spirits are eternal our bodies are They're going to last just a few years. Mm.
1: It reminds me of what uh, John the Apostle writes. He said, one day, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death, no more mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And uh, behold, all things will become new. That's the goal. That's the goal. The the goal is that we won't live here forever forever. That we have a heavenly home if we put our faith and trust and hope in the Lord Jesus. You're going to say something, Jeff?
3: I, I don't know if I can say anything after that. I almost <laughs> need, think we need to just say amen and, <laughs> and move on. Um, you know, you, you'd asked about uh, strategies. How, how were you dealing with things after the death? And, and um, You know, one of the things that Debbie and I employed often uh, and, and, it's a powerful tool that has remained part of my life when, when something negative or bad was happening around the time of Sammy's death, when we were about to blame one another for something or what have you, uh, literally one of us would say out loud, Satan, get behind me in the name of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, not one of us is able to push Satan away under their own name, but I'm telling you, it ended every conflict almost immediately. It was as if Christ was there telling Satan, no, 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 not now.
2: Mm. And, and, you know, Jeff, you alluded to this earlier, but uh, so many people, especially guys, they can recover quickly, more quickly because they die back into work. Um, they can do something. We're fixers, we're doers. And so we can dive back into work where the, the wife is still at home recovering or going through it. The guy gets in and kind of gets distracted, or they turn to alcohol or something like that to kind of numb themselves, or um, they just withdraw from all of their their relationships. And what I would love to say, Jeff, I know you'll say the same thing, is don't do that. Draw into your family and friends. Lean into God, because it's a lonely journey out there on your own. I mean, it's a lonely road that you're on.
1: We, I mean, we are not meant to be alone. And nope. Chad and I, we've talked about that numerous times on this show. We are not meant to be isolated. We are not meant to do this thing solo.
2: It's, it's just like the book of Genesis chapter one and, and, and chapter two. Uh, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. We know that because we get in trouble. If we're by ourselves. we're going to do something <laughs> stupid, you know? And so we have to be together.
1: That's uh, yeah. Have to be together. So lean in. You're, and even when you're not going through trials and difficulties, lean into because the trials are coming. Everybody, it's going to happen to everybody at some point.
3: You are going to have something happen to you uh, that you cannot. It as guys we're control freaks. You know, we were raising a perfect family. I had three perfectly healthy children. Nothing had gone wrong. Uh, I had a great job, a great wife.
1: And then, bam, Tra- all of a sudden. Tragedy. Uh, One day. Uh, you're in, just. In
3: minutes. In minutes.
1: In minutes. And
3: uh, I can't fathom what it must be like for anybody who's a non-believer huh. to try and go through this journey alone.
0: Well, we said it last segment. It, where's your hope? We've got hope. And I don't see. We talked about this yesterday. How does a non-believer have any hope after this life and let alone when they lose a child? I just, we just we got hope. Yeah, we, we have hope. And, you know,
1: when the hymn writer says my hope is built on nothing less Than Jesus' blood and righteousness, Mm -hmm. and I dare not trust any sweetest frame, but trust only in Jesus' name. I mean that—that's
0: our only, our only hope is in Him, and um, so it's good. I, I was gonna ask the guys this: Did you have the moment where you looked at your wife and you realized, "Oh my word, we are way down the different paths of this." Of this healing I think I remember driving home from Cincinnati on an anniversary trip this is me driving by the way so I'm driving home and I looked over at Jenna and I said something to this effect it didn't sound nearly as as (laughs) as harsh as this but I said when are you coming back and because I was kind of felt like I had kind of gotten back a little bit more quote unquote to normal was there that moment between the tension between you all where, where you may have arrived someplace differently than she did
2: uh, we hit it almost every day after I came home from being at church, serving all day long. And so I was kind of separated and mm-hmm. hadn't thought about it 100% of the time and walked into a home with the blinds drawn and the lights off and all the flowers from the funeral around. And mm. and she had been in that environment all day long. Mm. I mean, I really had to shift gears. And I got to be honest with you, I didn't do it very well and rarely used a clutch to be <laughs> It was hard. I mean, I was... <laughs> and But I have a very strong wife and she let me know, hey, not now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So...
3: Yeah, mm. I, I mean I I remember months and months probably 5 or 6 months down down the line uh saying are we gonna are we going to get our life back? Mm. And uh you know her response was true. I don't know. Mm. That's and,
2: r- that's honest. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We took a trip, a vacation just the two of us. And that was very restorative for us because it got us away from everything, something fun and that. But I'll be honest with you, until um, we decided we want to try again, it, we didn't feel like we were back. And then we're on a whole nother faith journey of, okay, we're back on the roller coaster. Here we go.
0: Wow. And, and, and the truth is, you're never normal, after this. Mm-hmm. Like this. Perfect analogy, whoever, whichever one of you said it, when you, when you cut the arm off, you, you, it's never normal. No,
3: life's never normal again. Mm-hmm. Um, because, because it's just there's always, there's, there's an emptiness. There's a hole uh, that can't be filled. Uh, it can't be filled here on, on mm-hmm. this earth. Right,
1: right. And Jeff, but you said something in the break. Um, it's that a hole that, that can't be filled, but you can.
3: You, all, all you can do, you build around it. You have a, a great big empty hole uh, that you're looking at all the time. But you can build around it, and so you just start rebuilding around the hole because the hole's always going to be there. It's always going to be a part of your life.
2: Mm-hmm. It's something as simple as when when you meet somebody, and say, "Well, how many kids do you have?" And you go, "Well, three. Well, actually, five. One was you know full term stillbirth. The other was six months. You know, they don't want to hear that. Right. Just, I have three right. kids. <laughs> Great, me too. You know, yep. and uh, but I mean, even in, there's a, there's that moment of just mm, five, three.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a, we had said that the other day. And then one of my boys will go, No, Dad, we got Jordan in heaven. And I'm like, <laughs> You're right. Yes. You know, you don't want buzz kill to buzzkill when somebody goes, How many kids you have? Well, I've got five, but not really. There's that part of it you say that says, No, I've got more than that. But yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. You have to weigh the relationship to see if it's worth <laughs> <laughs> right. You don't want
3: to go into depth sometimes. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah. And, yeah. And, and,
3: and. and it's always best when the kids
1: are there to correct you, then, too. <laughs> yeah. Because they always do. Yeah, uh, so I know it. That's, what, that's why we have the other kids around, man. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, and
3: you know what? I think at those times, it's God saying, Hey, I want him to hear about me. Yes. Yeah. You know, right. we're, we're sitting there saying, eh, they're, they're not going to get it. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to tell them I've got two children and, and move on. And, yeah. and then one of your kids is there and say, well, what about Sammy? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> then sometimes you'll get into the whole Sam's
2: Rock thing. And yeah. It is amazing how God uses his stories. I mean, uh, the, the, whole, the, most, the most horrible experiences in our life make us who we are today. Mm-hmm. And, and it really does f- form and mold us, and then God uses us. And we would not be who we were if we hadn't gone through these things. I would never choose it, but he did. And uh, I'm choosing to follow him. Yeah, I mean, I, I
1: at times when I will introduce Nancy and and I'll say, you know, she, you know, she, Rory, she was married to Rory and she's widowed and I'm I'm widowed and and she looks at me like, do we have to you know, do we have to do this all over again? You
2: know, <laughs> just say this is my wife, Nancy. <laughs> uh, well, and again,
3: uh, it goes back to Romans eight twenty eight. God works for the good of those who love Him.
1: That's exactly right.
3: And so, Michael. You know, I mean, it's just sometimes we go through rough things in order for him to mold us.
0: I got a question. Yeah. Okay. Some of the dumbest things I ever heard were people trying to make me feel better. Okay. Let's talk about how. how, Let's coach people. Okay. Lovingly here, not not with a big stick. How do you talk to talk to family members who have had their their children or grandchildren or somebody has had a miscarriage, lost a child. what do you say or not say based on what you were said things were said to you just give some advice
2: I don't remember any specific words that were positive Mm. I just remember people being there Mm. Uh, I do remember well-meaning people that said some horribly painful things right Uh, one lady said well God just wanted your child more than you Mm. and it sounds so good but I gotta be honest with you I stinking wanted that kid I really really did you wanted, did, you, I, did, you, did, you, did you hit her? No, Jill got in between us. She knew
0: <laughs> there was a woman at church. I was a deacon at the time, and, and it would not have been good for me to punch an elderly woman. <laughs> but she you goes. Did. She said, "Well, I guess God didn't want you to have da- girls. to wow. Have a daughter." Wow.
2: And you hope she meant well. And, and you know what?
0: It, she did. She didn't mean that to be mean. She just didn't know what to say. Oh, so yeah. I, I, I'm going to tap you all with
3: the, with the, the worst thing. <laughs> so, so we're in. It's, it's very fortunate that I had left. Um, we were at the, the kids' baseball games, um, and uh, Debbie was walking back to the car, and this was, this was shortly after Sammy's death, and apparently one of our church members teaches children how to swim in pools, and, and he confronted Debbie, and, and he said, how, how could you have that pool and not teach your child how to swim? He did not do that. Uh. He he said exactly that somewhere along okay, those we're, words. Okay, we're going to go find a baseball <laughs> bat, and we're going to go hit him. Uh. <laughs> well, you know, and again, I, I think that he just was thinking, you know, parents, if you're going to have swimming pools, you got to have kids that swim. But, mm. uh, you know, just not, not the right thing or at, at the right time. Um,
1: well, he, and, and, you know, what he did was he, he violated a, a huge principle of seek to understand before being understood. And he didn't even understand the situation. She's fully clothed. She's on a, tangled up in a trike. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, I mean, and just completely insensitive. Well, I mean, it is
3: what it is. Um, but, it, you know, going back to your question about how do you deal with people who, who these things have happened to, um, the best thing that you can do uh, for anyone is just listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time people don't, they don't need to hear your encouragement mm-hmm. or um, condolences or anything else. What they need to do in the situation that they're in is just talk um, and you
1: just listen. Mm-hmm. The power of not saying anything.
2: Yeah. I, I always pray that prayer before I do a funeral or something is meet with a couple is God, uh, help me know what to say and what not to say. And just sometimes just that silence speaks more.
1: Mm. A warm hug and, uh, I'm praying for you
0: and I love you. Less is more. Definitely. I think not just being there was good. People sending a text. I remember, I remember I was sitting in the hospital uh, for the delivery of our daughter, and Debbie commented something on Facebook or social media. It was something simple, but I lost it. It was like, I don't need a lot. You didn't need a lot. So I guess what I would say to people is you don't need to say or do nearly as much as you think for those people. Less is more. Just be there knowing you're there, I think was is probably the the best piece of advice i would give being and
2: a, if you bring a casserole to the house that's always food good too. always food always, food always works is that a,
0: that and a gift
1: card <laughs> <go>. <laughs> food 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 is great
3: foods
0: Food feed is, your soul oh, it, literally right. it does help yeah,
3: yeah. So. we we actually reached a point where i had to tell debbie you know i probably four months after sammy's death the food's got to stop
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 we don't have room in the refrigerators my pants are getting too small <laughs> that's right <laughs> Oh man. Oh. Uh, well guys, thanks a
1: ton. Thanks for having us. For coming in and sharing. Appreciate uh, it. Just, yeah, I really appreciate you guys coming in and sharing. So
0: yeah. So we're going to, uh, in this uh, bonus segment, we thank you for listening again. Maybe somebody you know needs to hear this. Here's the other thing. There's going to be somebody in your life that will need to hear this if you don't know them now. So maybe you can just be prayerful and, and just say, hey, this was encouraging and, and pass this along to them for, for God to use. So thank you for listening again to the uh, bonus segment here of Solid Steps Radio.